Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very pleased to have a very special guest, Robin Waite. And when you hear him talk, you'll hear that he's from the UK. And that's what makes us really special because we're connecting here and he's connecting there. Now, this man has been a, a, a prominent author and he starts with businesses. He's got a couple of books behind him on his shelf there, online business startups and take your shot. But he's the author of a couple more and he keeps on writing because he loves to help businesses and he loves to help business uh, from the perspective of 17 years in business and coaching where he's helped businesses from a number of perspectives. Uh, he started a program based on fearlessness. And I think fearlessness is what we have to talk about today and concentrate on because it's very difficult in this day and age to do anything with the, without being fearless. And that, that means mindset. That means adapting. That means doing things different than you usually do. Welcome, Robin. Oh, thank you. What an introduction. Gosh, I'm going to have to really follow that up with something, aren't I, today, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's always good to laugh and to have a good sense of humor with all this. Uh, I, I, I remember one great speaker here that said, the rumors of my death are greatly exaggerated after an, after an introduction that I gave him. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was, of course, the glowing sort of thing you see at a eulogy. <laughs> well, I, you know, saying that, funny enough, I saw a TikTok earlier on. It was um, by an Irish guy who'd recently passed away. Well, obviously, he didn't do the TikTok, but this Irish guy had recently passed away. And he'd asked for a recording to be played after they put his coffin into the ground. And first of all, there was some um, very Gaelic sounding bagpipes. And then next thing you hear this. Hello? It's very dark in here. Can you let me? And I just thought, and, and of course, everybody's in absolute stitches, but I was like, what a way to go. That's, that's how life should be. Yeah, it, it absolutely should be. And it should be something that we celebrate. And it should be something that is, as we talked about before, done with a little bit of mirth and humor. Because really, 99% uh, of things we really fear never really happen the way we fear them. And if they do happen in that 1%, it's usually not as bad as we think it's going to be. It's usually something that's much mellower than that. And we overcome it. We tend to uh, adapt. We tend to do things with that. And, and I think the last couple of years have been apropos for that, where we've had this thing called the pandemic going on. I, I remember that at the beginning of March, two years ago, my wife and I went to Mexico not worried about a thing, except we heard this this virus was starting to go around. It was the first week of March. And I told my wife, you know, we may be able to get to Mexico, but we may not be able to come home. Are you good with that? She said, of course, we'll be in Mexico. But, you know, t 
two days after, three days after, everything shut down. All the borders shut down. Everything stopped. And we were in this lockdown for like six months or a year or two years, and it kept on going. I know it's it's remarkable, wasn't it? I mean, I, I actually remember very vividly here. I think it was the 23rd of March when they announced it in the UK. And um, in 2020, I'd um, uh, set myself quite an audacious goal, which was to get on um, on the stage and do more speaking, public speaking. Um, but in big events, I'd done a lot of you know much smaller events. And as a, I'm a, I'm actually kind of a. I suppose probably a lot of people say this, but I'm more, I'm actually an introvert by nature. So when I started coaching and having to build my personal brand and things like that, obviously speaking and podcast interviews and you know there's a lot of things which um go go hand in hand with sort of growing a coaching practice and i booked um i'd managed to get booked for um nine out of the 12 events that i'd set out as my goal in 2020 and i remember um when they announced it um my girls were still at school um and my wife was out um at work and uh uh, within the space of 24 hours, seven of those bookings have been cancelled, all paid speaking engagements at various places around the world. Um, the two that didn't get cancelled, I'd managed to persuade them that it was going to be OK. We'd do something online. It was fine. We put, put on a show for their, their audiences. And then when all of that sort of an immediate hubbub had kind of died down and I just took a moment of reflection, I actually cried. I just had a, you know, and you cut, you've set yourself up for these big goals and then something that's completely out of your control comes along and just kind of pulls the rug from under you. So yeah, sorry, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I had a little cry and then um, pulled myself together and just thought, right, well, what am I going to do about this or not do about this? Um, and I actually decided in in the sort of following two or three weeks, um, you saw at least there were p- words like pivot and we've got to get onto Zoom and take everything online. Um, and everybody was madly adapt, trying to adapt their businesses to these new set of circumstances. And I thought one of the best things that I could possibly do was just slow down, almost stop and just observe and see what everybody else was doing take stock of what was working for other people, what wasn't working for other people and things like that. And I, I remember this, this one very specific um, instance of uh, somebody phoned me up the next day after lockdown got announced. And um, as a woman, she ran an amazing business. She was training people how to deliver online courses, perfect for the pandemic, but she panicked because she was worried about, oh, people are going to stop spending money. That was her biggest fear. And I said, no, no, they won't just sit tight you know, things will work out. Everything's going to shift online. So you're all set for that. And just in a, in her moment of panic, she, I mean, she wasn't um, uh, a paying client by this point in her moment of panic, she went and did a fire sale of one of her courses for like 75% off. And I, I saw her put this post out on Facebook and I, I was like, no, 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 don't do this. This is going to absolutely ruin your business because there was a lot of her time involved in it. So of course, the moment you discount something, you know, it's not like just because you sell it for 75% less, you've only got to sell 75% more. She would have had to have sold like four or five times the amount of what she was previously selling to make the same net profit. Um, and so a week later, I get another phone call from her saying, oh my gosh, Robin, my capacity's full and I've run out of money. What do I do now? I was like, well, you've got to see it through with these people. You've got to see that course through. That's what you sold them. 
And then in eight weeks time, give me a call and we'll have a conversation about how we're going to get out of this mess for you. But it's just that panic, like you said, that fear. And there's a great quote by Seneca, which I always remember, which is things are much worse in imagination than in reality. She built it up in her head that all of a sudden her business would just be utterly destroyed. And actually the reality was she was busier than ever. And I don't think it was because she discounted it. It was because she was good at what she did, did. But if she'd applied a bit more patience and it's not about the money, she just ended up driving herself mad because she was just so busy like all of her time went and that that was the biggest um challenge she had with her business at that particular point and and isn't that true of business in general i mean something happens and then somebody panics or something doesn't happen and then they panic and so then they're always trying to play catch up you're trying to do something else they have this plan the plan doesn't work or the plan just is not going the way they should. So instead of making another plan, instead of analyzing it, they just panic and they throw caution to the wind and do something foolish. Yeah, well, it's it's it's, um, it's quite a common thing for people to um, they're attached to outcomes. So they're att- they set a goal for themselves and they know that there's a load of activities they've got to do in order to achieve this goal. Um, but because they're so attached to their outcome that they they forget about the actual process itself. So they don't analyze what it is that they're doing in that moment. And then, like you said, whether whether that thing actually happens or not, their imagination's running wild with it. And it's I've, what I've always noticed is um, you've probably noticed this as well with the people which you work with. But I've always noticed that when if people achieve the goal, they don't really they don't really celebrate that much. They kind of just almost take it for granted. But if they fall short of the goal, all of a sudden it's it's disaster. You know, it's like we give ourselves this much praise, but we we give ourselves this much sort of attrition. You know, if we don't achieve the goal, and um, a very simple example of this, um, and I love this example is um, if you were walking down the street, and I don't know if I uh, don't know what currency notes you what note um, denomination notes you've got um, with your currency, um, but let's say there's twenty Canadian dollars uh, on the floor. Um, people fit, like you pick it up and you finally go, Oh, great. I found 20 bucks. That's, that's wonderful. If you saw somebody drop it, you'd obviously give it back to them. But if you think, Oh, it's just 20 bucks. But then if you lose, if you've got that 20 bucks and then somebody takes it off you, Oh, like all of a sudden, again, it's like that we, little bit of happiness if we find it, but if we lose something that we've got, it's the, you know, it's completely out, out of um, kilter, out of perspective. And I, I find it fascinating. Business owners just, um, they, they really struggle with this concept of just enjoying the process, like enjoy the process of running a business. And, you know, again, it's that, that thing of, um, and I, I see this day in and day out, especially around marketing, right. In 2022, because this is, uh, it's a bit of a rabbit hole to go down. So maybe, maybe this isn't a good, necessarily the right, right route to go down, but, um, Marketing in 2022 is you have to put an awful lot of time, energy and effort into it. And some things work, some things don't. But there are things which most business owners have been doing to get clients, right, since they've been running their business. Yet the moment things stop working, they think all of a sudden they've got to completely, you know, tear up the rule book around what they have been doing for marketing, throw it out the window and go into like mass content creation mode and do something completely different. And actually, sometimes it's just a matter of, well, don't just enjoy the process, but also stick at it, be persistent and consistent with it. And that's when you start to get more predictable results. Yeah, exactly. And I I think that's the, the concept you bring with fearless. This is the concept you bring in developing these programs for businesses 
uh, the stick to itiveness, this this tenacity that people need to really make it happen. I am always amazed at these people that have really been successful, have had to have massive amounts of tenacity. You know, everybody knows Colonel Sanders of KFC, uh, but not many people know his story. He literally had to sell his chicken for years and years and years before it became an overnight success. And it literally only became an overnight success when uh, a place that he was cooking his chicken in, selling it, the highway was diverted to another place. So he decided to franchise the outlets to multiple outlets. And then it literally took off. And now it's one of the biggest selling recipes around the globe. And I mean around the globe, whether it's England, whether it's Egypt, whether it's it's everywhere. You might have noticed a wry smile there. Colonel Sanders KFC is like one of my guilty pleasures in life. But now, now the world knows that my secret's out. I don't, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's, it's um, a lot of people mistake um, being fearless for being reckless, but it's, it's not about that at all. Fe- fe- being fearless is about fearing the things in business ever so slightly less that are going to stop you, you know, that are going to help you to achieve your goals. And uh, like the, the reality is like in business, it's not like, you know, we're on the plains of Africa walking 10 miles down to the river to get water where there's like lions and crocodiles and hippos that are going to eat us in business. You know, there's only two things that could, could potentially really go wrong in business. And yes, some people may see it as a catastrophe. Others may just see it again as being part of the process. But those two things are simple. One, we might look a bit silly. And actually, the reality of that is like most people are busy and they'll just get on with their own stuff. They don't really care about whether we look silly or not because they're just busy doing their own thing anyway. So that one's kind of like it doesn't really matter. The second one is we might lose a bit of money. You know, if we invest in something to do with marketing and it doesn't pay off, well, we spent some money and we haven't got a return. But the the, the thing is, like, there's a beauty of being in business especially in 2022, it's, you, you, can, you can almost create a business out of nothing, you know, it, it, around, you know, a lot of the clients which I work with, uh, they run service client businesses. So all it is is an exchange of your, your knowledge and your time. So I wouldn't say it's nothing necessarily, but it's, do, do you see what I mean? It's an intangible thing which we're creating a business out of versus a tangible product. You know, I, I kind of, I actually really admire people like Elon Musk and Colonel Sanders and um, Bill Gates and people like that, where actually they're, they're making physical, tangible products. Not only do they have to come up with the ideas, you know, the intellectual side of running the business and the creative side of it, but they've also got to go and mine the bits out of the ground or farm chickens, you know, and things like that, which adds in a whole different layer of complexity to most businesses who are in sort of this creator um, economy that we now live in in 2022. So, um, you know, and the reality is like, you know, if, if one idea doesn't pan out, you can apply different and try out different ideas. I think it gets a bit hectic when you start switching too many times, pivoting too many times. Um, you know, and that's, that's one of the things for me is I, I've always... You mentioned in my introduction, I've been in business for 17 years, it's actually coming up for 18 years now. And, um, you know, I ran an agency for 12 years and I've run my coaching practice for five and a half years. And I'm very dedicated to the businesses which I've set up, um, you know, because I love, I love what I do. I love working with the clients that I, you know, I get a kick out of helping those clients. We get great results in working together. Um, and thankfully I can make a living out of it as well, which is a, which is a bonus in my opinion, you know, it's, um, but, 
but I've made a ton of mistakes over that time. I've been, and I've had to be fearless and take a few big risks over that time. I bought a, a domain name recently, get this, cost me $15,000 US um, because for a project that I want to run, if that brand is going to you know, hold water, I needed that domain. Now, some people could argue like paying tw- you know, $15,000 for a domain is a bit reckless. I think it's a fearless investment in myself and my business um, for its future. Um, a lot of people just aren't willing to take risks like that. Yeah, I can understand that because again, that fear holds them back. And, and they don't analyze the necessity of the various parts of their business. You know, I think there's a very positive thing in negative preparation where you look at all the things that can go wrong, all the things that definitely uh, are in impeding or possibly getting the way of your success. And then you look at ways to overcome them. And I think that should be a fundamental step in most businesses to spend that time, uh, preferably with somebody that's a coach or a mentor and go through each and every one of those in what is necessary. I've heard of processes like SWOT analysis and other analysis that help you to come to that realization, uh, the strengths, the weaknesses, the, the things that get in the way. I, and, and I think those are necessary uh, when you're developing a business in order to, to get the strengths out. Yeah. It's interesting, actually. I'm glad you, you focused there on the strengths because my, I, I mean, I went to, um, uh, business management school. I did a degree in business management for three years and they talk about the Boston matrix and Maslow's hierarchy of needs and obviously SWOT analysis and things like that. Strengths. I love, I think, I think we, um, as a, as a civilization, don't focus on our strengths enough. I don't actually think weaknesses are great to identify, but the challenge, the mistake a lot of people make is that they see a weakness and they think that they then have to train that weakness out outside of themselves. I'm like, that, that's, a, imagine we're starting here. So strengths and weaknesses, we're starting from here. Okay. Level ground zero. If our weaknesses are drawing us sort of below the line, we've got to do a, a lot of work to get back to ground zero before we can then start to build on it. But when we have strengths, we're already well above ground zero. So we're already ahead of the game. So we should build on those because then we're starting to build skyscrapers. And I, so I think kind of um, weaknesses, yes, identify them, but don't spend too much time dwelling on them. Let's move on. Same with threats as well. Threats, it's great to have that sort of situational and operational awareness around what threats could potentially come along um, and kind of build up your impenetrable, impenetrable moat around your castle. Um, but equally, again, you can spend a lot of time, you know, with your, you know, one degree focus on those threats when there's 359 degrees of other opportunity around you. So I think there's, there's, there's some validity in it, but it's about knowing where to kind of then, you know, put your efforts and energy into it. And the, the, there's a great, um, video. And actually we, we kind of run an adapted version of this, um, in fearless business as well. Um, Tim Ferriss did a great TED talk, um, called fear setting. 
And it, it's, it's, one of, it's by far and away one of my favorite um, TED Talks of all time because he uses a very simple four-step framework, exactly like you said. So you kind of imagine, like, here's the scenario which we're going to throw out there. It might be, let's say it's investing in a domain name, for example. Um, and then he starts to break down, well, what if this doesn't work out? What's the worst case scenario of it? How can we then mitigate those, um, you know, those worst case scenarios? And then how can we start to prevent them from happening? And even if they do happen, what can could we then do? So it's like a very simple four-step process. Um, and, and you can actually apply it to any key decision in your life. So whether it's um, something in your, in your business or maybe, you know, one of our school friends, they've actually just um, moved to Malaysia with work, um, you know, big, big move. And they've got two young children as well, which they've taken with them. Um, and they were massively afraid. There's a huge amount of fear about kind of making that big step from you, from England across to, you know, pretty much the other side of the world. And so I sent them the video. I said, just go through this video and just see, see what comes out of it. And um, ultimately they were like, this is kind of our last hurrah. This is our one last opportunity to travel. You know, the kids aren't getting any younger. We need to get them into secondary school and get them a bit, bit more settled for their education, things like that. But we've still got an opportunity whilst they're young. And if, if we do this, then again, they started to measure the upside versus the, the potential downside was like a little bit of disruption. The potential upsides though for their career and the kids like, just life skills and learning, you know, it was just like, it blew it out of the water and immediately they're like, right, booking the flights, we're going. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. And I think that's, that's an amazing story about how people can really adapt to situations, get there and, and, and have fun as well as flourish in the process. Because not only should you be just flourishing, you should be having fun in the process. And I, I think that's what people forget along the way, that business is not just making money. It's really having fun along the way in that process. It's really enjoying the journey. It's really enjoying the steps and process of getting there. And, and I think people often forget those simple things. Yeah. And I, a very simple thing to do, and I think this is just about so, like self-awareness, a lot of people don't just give themselves that millisecond just to sit and think, why am I doing this? Am I, am I enjoying doing this? Um, how productive have I been today? How active have I been today? And I think there's a lot, a big mistake around, um, especially in the small business community. I mean, we see all of the so-called gurus and experts, you know, who are all about hustle mode and, and work hard, play hard and all this. You hear all these statements come up. Um, I'm, I'm much more of a fan of, I've already talked about enjoying the process, but also working smarter, not harder. And I, I can speak from experience, the amount of times, you know, especially my agency days when we used to pull all nighters and things like that. And you kind of just, yeah, you get the job done and you get the paycheck at the end of it from the client. And, but you stand back and you look, how rewarding is that? Look at how re rewarding has that actually been? And, um, you know, even a couple of weeks ago, I was, I just got lost in my email inbox. And I got to the end of the day and I was like, what have I achieved here? I feel drained. I feel, you know, I've, I, I, before I got my lovely new standing desk, so I've been sat in my chair all day long, you know, staring at the screens. And I was like, you know, and it's just got dark outside. It's sort of half past five in the evening here. And my girls are sat inside with, with um, their mum, you know, and I'm, I'm just like, I, I haven't been, I don't, 
I got, I, I was busy, but was I actually ultimately productive and was I happy? And I was like, no. So this, that's when you have to have those moments of clarity and just check in with yourself. Cause I could have just switched off the computer, run inside, moved into dad mode. And then straight away, I'm into something else that I didn't give, you know, I wouldn't have had that moment of self-reflection. Um, so I always encourage clients like to slow down. That's one of the first things we do, even to the point of let's just stop. Let's get you out of your natural environment, which might be sat in front of a computer or speaking with clients all day long or whatever it might be. Get out of your natural environment, turn off your phone, take a notepad with you and just simply answer the question, what am I doing? <laughs> and it just starts to just like all of a sudden you just see this this flow of stuff starting to come out of them and obviously as a coach that's our job to to start to draw that out of them with with some you know well-formed questions so what are you doing why are you doing it quite simply again a lot of people really struggle with their why they get so caught up in the doing they think that's the important thing that they're doing but actually like when you break it down if you if you I, I mean, my superpower is all around pricing and money mindset. That's, that's what I love doing, what I'm passionate about, what I help clients with. And I, the one question I always ask them is, if you had to sell, you have to sell it, you have to put a dollar value on it, a monetary value on it, the last hour of your life, how much would you sell it for? And they, it's like this big philosophical dilemma. And actually, but it's very simple to answer, okay? Because if you have, you have to put a dollar answer in it, because most people say, oh, I wouldn't sell it. No, no, that's off the table. You can't, you've got to put a dollar amount on there. And I, I was thinking about this for myself, just as an example. I was like, well, I haven't quite achieved all of my financial goals for myself and for my, for my family and to leave the legacy I want to leave. Um, so I reckon probably about 10 million pounds would do it. Um, you know, that's, I don't think that's being too greedy, but that'd be enough for them to sort of grow businesses, extend my legacy, you know, get my books still carrying on being sold out there and things like that and give, you know, several generations, hopefully a good living. Um, I think a hundred million probably be a bit too greedy. So it's kind of like, it's just quite simple, but I was like, you know, if you've got to sell it, put a value on it, it shouldn't be that difficult. But the thing is, why then does, do people not treat every other hour of their life? in that same way. If we see that last hour as being that precious, why don't we see any of the other hours as being precious? Yeah. And it's like, it's a really deep question when you actually start to break it down. And most people are like, oh, well, I've got loads of hours left. You might not, you might walk out into the street, bang, get hit by a bus and then that's it, you know? And then the, th the third part to it as well is that there's then around scarcity. Okay. So this hour and like no disrespect, Dr. Allen, this is thoroughly enjoyable and you can tell I love doing this stuff. So it really lights my fire. But once this hour is gone, I've spent with you, Alan, the rest of the hours that I've got, have now become one hour more scarce. So all the rest of my hours now should go up in value. Right. Exactly. So, um, you know, but mo again, most people just don't, they don't see it. They don't think like that. And next thing you know, a year's past, two years past 3,600 hours they've done in that year or whatever in terms of work. And yet they're still charging exactly what the same as what they did a year, two, three, four years ago. I even met an accountant, counting practice with two and a half thousand clients. And they're doing about two million pounds turnover who hadn't put their prices up in six years. And then when I asked them, it comes back to fear. They, they basically said, um, if we put our prices up, all of our clients will leave. So how do you know? Have you tried it? Uh, well, no. And it's like, literally I had the, um, the managing director, the financial director, the head of sales and three other very intelligent people in this room. Remember they're all accountants synchronized face palm 
going, we need to put our prices up. And again, I was, I was pushing them to go for, you know, even at the rate of inflation, 20% would have been sort of a strong price rise. And they settled on 10%, right? They went against like what they paid me this money and they went against what I was saying. They went for 10%. But lo and behold, they put their prices up, zero clients left, like no attrition at all. So then I was like, there's your evidence. I said, try another 10%, maybe wait six months or a year, but then try another 10% and then try another 10%. Oh, yeah. Um, If you don't get people leaving, you probably haven't priced it high enough. Well, yeah, that's it. And like the the maths. um, And when you look at the math, I mean, raising your prices 25%, you would have to lose a phenomenal amount, a phenomenal amount not That's to get it. the same amount of money. So it's it's it truly is the right thing to do in most businesses once you have the reputation, once you have something that's there in order to stay where you are. That's well, Robin, it. we're almost at our end already. And you know, time has flown by as you yes. as you realize. It's been a lot of fun and I've enjoyed it. How can people get into the world of Rob and Wait and find out the other products and books that you offer? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the best bet is to just, if you jump onto Google and put in Robin Waits, that's wait with an E on the end of it into Google, you'll find all of my social media channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Twitter, etc. Um, and I've got a little gift for your, um, for your listeners as well, Alan. Is it okay if I, if I, yes, if I please, let you know what that please, is? And this will go in um, our show notes as well. Fantastic. So I've got a free copy of Take Your Shot for all of your listeners, Alan, because there's some principles in here, some of which we've talked about today, but a few extras as well, if anybody's got a small business which they're running, just around productizing their service and pricing. Um, But it's at fearless.biz forward slash TYS for Take Your Shot. Um, We can get a a, a copy in there. And if if people are overseas, i.e. outside of the UK, it will be a PDF. But if you... um, uh, if there's some kind of ethical bribe that you can send me, then I may actually sign a copy and send it to anywhere in the world. It's just don't don't tick the box for the UK. Just or sorry, don't tick the box for outside of the UK. Just say you're in the UK and put your address in it. I'll actually send a signed copy to everybody. And there's there's one in the post for you as well, Alan. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Robin. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this talk and how much I liked the way you came across with this and your your fearless approach to business. Absolutely. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. 